companionship, grow that companionship because she's the most important thing or girls, he's the most important thing that God gave to you in your lifetime. Your kids are wonderful, but they're second in comparison to your spouse. And they won't be with you forever either. That's exactly right. They won't be with you forever. How many couples have you heard say, well, the kids left and we don't know what to do with each other. We don't have anything in common anymore. Exactly. Are you ready to open the door to more romance, fun, and adventure? Or maybe it's compassion, support, and strength you're looking for. Discover real-life stories and a path to overcome the pitfalls every marriage encounters. Welcome to The Extraordinary Marriage. Well, it's the month of February. And what do we think about, honey, in the month of February? Love. Valentine's Day. (laughs) Valentine's Day. Guys, don't forget Valentine's Day, right? It's important. Don't forget it. It's really important. Well, today on The Extraordinary Marriage, we're going to talk about the difference in men versus women. And we're going to talk about what motivates us in our marriage, you know, to like each other, to -hmm. appreciate each other, to want to be with each other, right? Right. Exactly. All right. And with that, I'm going to tell you this. This is our second time reporting this. We recorded this entire podcast and I had turned off the mic. Yes, the entire podcast. And I turned off the mic and I didn't realize it till after we were finished. And it was so good. But, you know, we can't repeat the same thing. And so, you know, we had to like suck up our attitudes and uh, come in here to do this again. And to be honest, This has been the hardest one ever. Here we are talking about what motivates us, you know, how uh, the things that we're talking about today are important in your marriage to help you connect with your spouse. And we started out with a bit of an argument. Discussion. A heavy discussion. I don't really like (laughs) heavy discussion. (laughs) I like for everything to be all nice and wonderful. But we got, you know, we we just had a hard time. It's like... It's like coming under attack. It's like we just couldn't seem to get it together. But here we are, and we're going to do it again. The sound is on. And if it's not, you're not going to get a podcast this month. (laughs) (laughs) We know one thing, too, real quick before you start, is what you just said is so important for every married couple, is that when you have that discussion, some of you call it an argument. When you have that discussion, it's a matter of coming back together. So that's really important, by the way. Well, let's be real, though. When all those emotions are flying and we're irritated or we're frustrated, it's like, yeah, sometimes you feel like you just can't control that. It's like out of control. That's true. I agree. Yes. Yes. So, well, I'm going to begin okay, for the, what, eighth time, ninth time. I'm not sure. Um, I'm going to begin with this because it's something that I love and, and it's a cherished memory that I have from those Valentine's days of yesteryear. And it is um, creating a Valentine's cake for my husband. You know, back in the day, whenever our kids were little and, you know, we're all working hard trying to pay a house payment and pay the bills and provide for the kids and all that kind of stuff. You know, we don't have a lot of money to go out and to go out to eat. Mm-hmm. And And so you look for creative little ways that you can do something special for your spouse. And hey, I bet there's some creative guys out there who have some ideas for creative things they've done for their spouse um, for Valentine's Day in that same situation. But this is a simple thing of making a Valentine's cake 
out of a square pan and a round pan, a square pan and a round pan. You don't even have to have an actually heart shaped cake pan. You can get those these days, but you don't need it really. So you take, uh, you, you, you make your cake mix. Cause that's what I always use. I use cake mix and I used, uh, those little uh, containers of icing, can frosting, that I don't even like anymore. But hey, they were great then. They were great then. So I took my cake mix, uh, did it, you know, in a normal fashion. And then I split it up between the square pan and between the round pan. You take the square pancake and you uh, make it the shape of a diamond. So you just kind of move your pan around so it looks like a diamond. And then you cut the round cake in half. And that's like the little ears that go on top of the diamond. So those little uh, half circles go on each side of the top of that diamond. So they're, and it makes a heart. So hopefully you can visualize and figure out what I'm talking about. And so I have great memories of making a nice dinner for my husband on Valentine's and making that cake, being excited to share that with him. It was usually strawberry cake, pink icing. And it was totally delicious. Maybe some sprinkles, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he was never picky. He was always very easy and very appreciative. You know, it also helps that strawberry is one of my favorites, you know, so. Oh, that's good. I made it because it was pink. Oh, I thought it was because of me, but okay. Uh, it was for you, honey. It was for you. Yeah. Uh, anyway, and, you know, some of the other things, uh, a lot of times are flowers or candies and that kind of thing. But, you know, it's really about um, the heartfelt acknowledging, you know, hey, we could do things like make a homemade card. Yeah. Like, like kids do, right? Sure. For the creative person, make a homemade Absolutely. card. Because it's really a lotly um, the thought. But it is February, it is Valentine's month, and you do want to plan to do something for your spouse. Absolutely. Right. So, all right. So we're going to start right in with those differences between men and women. And, you know, there's not only the difference, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, chromosomes XX and XY, right? You know, from genetics back in high school. Oh, you got that. That's <laughs> my head. Yeah, you're the mathematician, right? Um, you know, the chromosomal difference in males and females, you know, like we're literally raised different. And, you know, guys, like I said, guys are big and stronger and uh, they're protectors and they're, they're able, you know, and women tend to be nurturers and we tend to, you know, take care of the home and the house and the kids and those kind of things. So we're literally raised differently. So let's bring up the fact that we, um, I don't want to keep saying that we talked about earlier, but it feels like that. So please forgive me if I do that, but let's talk about the fact of you know, one parent homes, two parents homes, and having that um, example in front of us of what, how a man treats his wife and how a a, a, a woman treats her husband, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I can remember growing up how much my dad loved my mom and you could see it in the acts that he did for her and the things that, that he would do, not only for my mom, but for, for our whole family, for all of us. Um, and that's just, that's one of those things that um, uh, you just remember and you grow up and it's, it's a great influence on you. I mean, seeing my dad, I, we were blessed because we both had both of our parents our whole life, but we were blessed in that 
we were able to see that example of what a father is or what a mom is and how that influences. It's kind of like kids today are, are sometimes are, are missing out because they don't have that father who gives them that direction, who gives them the guidance, who gives them an understanding of how to do this. This is how you, this is how a guy lives. This is how a man is. This is how a woman is. Um, or that special, as I said earlier, nurturing that a mom gives when she comes and puts her arms around you and says, you know, she didn't have to say a word sometimes. It's just, I love oh, you. Oh, that was a tight hug. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. I think that took my thoughts away. Let's see. But you know, I, I thought about my dad and that he took care of his family mm -hmm. and he worked hard, brought him home a paycheck. But I, I do also remember that whenever he got home at night, you know, those lazy back chairs. Yeah, that was daddy's. He always sat in that chair after dinner and went to sleep. But I do remember whenever he helped my mom and made dinner. And the reason I remember him making dinner was because he always used hamburger helper. And uh, as time went on, I think that he would get in a bigger hurry making it. And it's like, I remember the stroganoff with the potatoes in there. And I remember, <laughs> I remember um, them not being quite cooked or not enough water or something. And they were kind of chewy, you know, but we didn't say anything. We just ate it. <laughs> Smart idea. <laughs> you know, they call those chairs that he sat in lazy boys for a reason. Yeah. So he sat back in the chair and that kind of thing. So I think we're going to go ahead and start in on all the things that we think about that motivate us into uh, enjoying our marriage. Because, you know, that's why people are here and listening. They want to know what is an extraordinary marriage? How do we find our own extraordinary marriage? And it's going to be different for each and every person because every family, every couple is made up of Different personalities, different backgrounds, Absolutely. different ideas of what they want to see in their marriage. And so um, uh, every family is different. Now, I do want to say this, as we were talking about having a father and a mother in the house um, is so very important. And it's so important to the family these days. But, you know, we don't get to choose those things. Sometimes we come from um, a one-parent family, and there's so much of that around these days that we have to figure out as a society how to make up for that. You know, maybe if there's no dad around, maybe the kids, the the boys get to spend a lot of time with grandpa. Or uh, if um, mom's out of the picture, you know, um, maybe they get to spend time with their grandmother or that kind of thing. But or with an uncle or with an aunt. Mm -hmm. It's like um, we don't get to choose that. There was um, um, a lady I was just talking with. We were doing a podcast for the uh, future podcast. And um, I was just talking to her. Her name was Peg and she's in Colorado. And um, she was talking about the fact that she and her husband had been married. It was more years than we have. So we've been married 44 years. It was either 46 or 48 years. And she was talking about how long they had been married, but that they both came from a blended family. Mm -hmm. They both came from a blended family. And so when they came together, they had to figure out how to overcome some of those hurdles because, you know, when there's only one parent raising the kids, one parent in the house, it's hard. Absolutely. They're, they're earning the money for the kids. They're trying to protect the kids, take care of the kids, feed the kids, dress the kids, go to the school functions, keep the house, wash the clothes. I mean, 
it's endless. And so for one parent families, it is so, so hard um, for them. So we have to think about these things and we have to compensate and figure out how to overcome them so that they don't continually repeat themselves. You know, so we don't exactly. repeat um, one parent families over and over and over. It's not what happens to us, just like you know, what happened to us earlier today by uh, uh, recording a whole episode and then no sound on it. But it's how we deal with it. It's how we deal with it. So, well, let's go ahead and start with, um, I'm going to start with one of the things that motivates me um, to love my husband more <laughs> is that he pitches in and helps. He pitches in and helps me and with my daily chores and with all the things like cooking and washing. He doesn't do all that, mind you. He pitches in oh, and helps yeah. at times when he needs to. Um and to be honest, as a homemaker, sometimes, you know, things are monotonous. I remember saying to my younger son, well, you know, I get kind of tired of cooking dinner every night and washing the clothes or tidying up or cleaning the dumb bathrooms or whatever. <laughs> it is. It's like, it's not my favorite thing to do. Nope. And my younger said, my younger son looked at me and said, well, it's not my favorite thing going to work every day either. And I was like, oh, well, that kind of put a different perspective on it. Like we all get bored of what we do, right? Um, we all get tired uh, of doing the same thing sometimes, right? Right. That's true. But there's also that there's a motivation behind that, why we do that. And why is that? Well, for example, like pitching in and helping. My motivation is to help you finish what's going on or to do something for you because I care for you. Oh, you're so good. Oh, uh, you know, trying to score points here, so... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so pitching in and helping, um, you know, I remember I, I'm really not a person who jumps in and helps on stuff. Uh, I, I don't tend to do that. Um, Jeff is uh, that personality style. You know, we're always talking about those personality styles. He is that style who automatically pitches in and helps. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, if somebody spilt a jar of pickles at the grocery store, I think that he would stop. And he would start helping that person pick up all that glass and all that stuff, the goop and the junk all over the floor at the store, because he would just do that. And so in that same way, he is always helpful for me because that's one of his natural talents is it's one of his superpowers. And, you know, it's <laughs> like, I appreciate it um, because, you know, doing the, the usual stuff all the time gets a little boring to me, but you know, he's very good and he's very steady and he's, it, he is helpful. Um, and so Thank you, honey. that, you know, that speaks my language. I appreciate, you know, somebody coming in and finishing up the dishes for me. I have to be careful. I'll get a little lazy and not want to do them. Usually if you help me too much, but uh, yeah, I appreciate you helping me with that. So, and also I'll say he will stop and help me with anything I ask for, you know, some of us are more, self-oriented and we're like we don't really feel like getting up and helping right now but he will always get up and help me do anything that i don't think he ever complains like if he asked me something i might say well you know i'll i'll um okay well i'll do that in a, in 15 minutes let me finish what i'm doing but he'll stop right then and help me so all right That's so that personality things you're talking about it is definitely personality yeah so. 
Yes. All right. So for you, what would be uh, something that is motivating, you know, for you in marriage that you feel like keeps us close together and brings us closer together? I think that love relationship, you know, um, because I love you, because I love our family. By the way, guys, this is Valentine's month. Don't forget it. Okay? <laughs> but love, that personal love that I have for you, for our family, that motivates me to get, I mean, a long time ago, it motivated me to get up and go to work, to get up and go do the things that needed to be done to be able to take care of my family because I loved you and I loved them. And that's the truth. Well, okay. So motivation that you really care. So that motivates you to, to do the things. So that makes me think of this. So when we're motivated to love our spouse, what happens whenever they're not acting so nice or they're like talking down to us or they're being mean? You love them anyway. You love them anyway. And that's Absolutely. what your mom and dad taught you. Well, that's true. But also that's that commitment that you make when you get married. I love you for better, for worse, for richer, for poor. You remember the words, folks. You remember the words. You love that person where they are because just because you didn't react the way I wanted you to react or you say things that I didn't like, it doesn't mean that I don't love you. It doesn't mean you don't love me. Now, I understand sometimes it's hard to love me because I do stupid things sometimes. You but the, the truth of them, yes, I do. Just don't, don't <laughs> sugarcoat this. Okay. Sometimes <laughs> we have to remember, you know, as what is it you said to me the other day? Um, you were talking about reminding somebody of uh, where either where they came or um, what was you said? It was about um, couples that had, had started to grow apart and what is it you said to them? Um, something along the line of remember. Oh, why oh. Did, go, go ahead. Remember when you first met. Is that there what you're you looking go. for? Yeah, oh, okay, yeah. okay. And what drew you to that person and, and what made you care for that person and, and eventually fall in love with that person and then want to marry that person? That's the that's the underlying thing there. You know, now in each of our lives. We've had things that come into our lives and influence us, that guide us, that direct us, that have, um, you know, kind of trained us to be the way that we are. But each of us love in our own ways. And um, it's just so important to show that love to your spouse uh, in all that you're doing. Show that love. Um, and it may be something simple like, you know, you come and sit down, you rub your wife's feet or uh, I know you like that. Okay. Um, or you scratch their back or. Oh, stop, stop, stop. Okay. All right. I wasn't getting personal. Honey. I just, you know, you do something that's special for them and let them know how much you love them, how much you care for them. Oh, and of course, then I'm going to add into that after you say all those nice things like that. I'm thinking, you know what? There again, it goes upon personality styles like you love and you appreciate and you like no matter what. Well, if you're not acting nice to me, you're talking down to me like you don't do that. But if you're talking down to me and you're you're angry and you're being mean and not nice, you know, um, well, I I might still love you, but I don't like you so good at that time. <laughs> I don't like you so good. I and, heard that saying somewhere. <laughs> and if I lived with somebody who was like that all the time, little by little, not liking them would would start to probably strike my love. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of like that pastor was talking about um, 
the uh, somebody else he was talk, dealing with and the pastor was talking and the wife says to the husband uh i love you but i don't like you right now so anyway yes that's very true so that happens all right so one of the other things that i really feel like uh, grows our marriage and brings us closer together it helps us get to know each other better are conversations mm -hmm. and you know we get a chance to have more conversations than we did when our kids were little because when we finish dinner and there's nobody else here sometimes we just sit at the table and we just we just talk about different things from our day we discuss different things you know and we don't always agree on everything because we each have a different way of looking at things when you look at men and women especially we have a different perspectives and what's important to us and we look at things differently but conversations and talking about our day and connecting and, and hearing what the other person, what was important to them that day. Mm -hmm. It's like when a little kid gets, uh, I, I pick up a grandson one um, day a week. And when he gets in the car, you know, I like to listen to podcasts in the car, but I turn that podcast off when he gets in and I just talk to him, ask him about his day and listen because when people listen to us, it makes us feel important. That's right. You feel special. You do feel special. And whenever somebody doesn't talk to you or look you eye, you know, look you in the eye when you're talking to them or they've got their phone in their hand, um, it, it makes you feel unimportant. And I guess I'm like a kid. It's like, I got to have your full attention. You, you do know that people can listen and do something else at the same time. Well, not me. Actually, <laughs> you know, now I mean I could listen to a podcast and cook or exercise sure. or drive, but I cannot really um listen to you and do something else using my brain. Right. And so if I don't have your eyes, I feel like you're not listening. And I remember when my kids, because I'm a distracted person, mm -hmm. and so I remember my own kids looking at me going, Mom, because before, you know, I, was, I would have to have their eyes to make sure they're listening. And so, you know, they're very respectful as kids, but they did say, Mom, are, Mom, are you are you looking at me, Mom? You know, like, because they knew that if they didn't have my eyes, they probably didn't have my brain. <laughs> right? True. True. So um, conversations and knowing the other person is actually listening to you. And there's and conversations aren't in one direction. That's right. They're like back and forth, listening and reacting, and then they go all over the place. True. Right? That's right. Conversations go all over the all over the place. All right. What's something else that you had? The um well, I this the other thing, one of the other things I had on here was uh to help your spouse achieve or accomplish something that's really important mm. to them. It's it's giving that emotional support. And personal growth, to be able to, listen, whenever you go through and you've helped them, you've undergirded them, you've been the, the backbone behind them, not pushing, but simply being supportive, then you're actually helping them and you're being that emotional support that they need as your spouse. But also the, the joy that comes to you because you see the personal growth. Listen, we all are growing in our marriage. It doesn't matter where you start, where you're going to. We're all growing in our marriage. And it's a matter of how much joy do you get when you see your spouse succeed and and them growing and them moving forward in their lives. That's that's a great motivation for me. I want to be the, the helper. I want to be the person that comes along behind my spouse and says, hey, 
because I love you so much, I want to see you succeed. I want to see you accomplish the things that you've set out. And it's so important to do that. All right. So I'm going to say that we probably are both natural encouragers. Yes. Yeah. Everybody doesn't get that. There are personality styles where literally the person never says thank you, never tells you they appreciate you, or possibly this same personality style tends to tell you everything you do wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's really hard if they always tell you everything that you do wrong. So we're both encouragers. And so we're very fortunate in that. And I always appreciate your, your encouragement. And, you know, Hey, back through the years while you were building your insurance business, you know, I was at home with the kids and you like worked late at night. Absolutely. And, um, and I held down the fort. And then when I taught ballet, taught dance class at night, um, sometimes I took the kids to your mom's. Um, or you came home earlier those nights, but it took a lot, you know, you had to work all day and then you worked evenings. Um, I think some of that time you were in school too, finishing your first degree when we had little kids. Yes. Um, business. We yes. got married and you were still going, you were going to night school and you're working during the day. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, uh, those, that's a whole nother story. Some <laughs> memories are beginning to fade. <laughs> yeah, they do. They start getting mixed up after 40 some years, that's right? Exactly right. And we have to stop and think about things. That's so true. So true. Um, but being supportive, like I was supportive of you. And um, I remember whenever you went back to school your second time and you were like 38, 39, 40-ish, somewhere in there. Yeah. Yeah. We thought that was really old then. <laughs> <laughs> we don't think that now. When you go to college and, and you everybody around you is like 18 to 21 old. You are the old guy there, you know. You you are feeling you are feeling old, but I remember that was the beginning of the cell phone, and you had a book, and that actually zipped, and that book you opened it up, and it was a phone, and you plugged it into the uh, dash, and that was what enabled you when you went back to school um, to get your music degree. That's right. It enabled you to be able to go to class all day. The freedom actually as a, an insurance agent, because you just needed to take care of your clients and build your business and, and go to class. So you're in class all day long. You did your work calls on breaks and on lunch and um, in the evenings. And so during that time, you know, I kind of learned to support you. I'm not a natural, I mean, I'm always a supporter, but I'm not a natural helper. And so that was whenever I realized that I could I would, I could, I should help you by mowing the grass, you know, going out and getting all sweaty and mowing the grass because you had no time. You even like stopped to try to play basketball with the boys and spend a little time with the kids. So um, this is a funny story, y'all. This is really funny. So I decided that I would go out and I would mow the yard because he always mowed the yard. Um, and um, yes, he's a he-man and he always takes care of all the man duties. <laughs> but anyway, that's yeah. what I'm supposed to do, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So anyway, I decided to go out and mow the yard and um, I got the mower and I got the whole yard mowed. But we have like a little bit of hills in our yard and um, I'm, I'm kind of a smaller person. I'm like five foot and 
after I mowed the yard, I thought, oh my gosh, that is so much harder than I ever realized it could be. And when he got home, you know, I said, well, honey, you know, I mowed the yard and, you know, I need him to go, thank you, honey, for mowing the yard. A little stroke, right? Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Badge on the back. That's the truth, probably. So, uh, <laughs> but I said, man, that was harder than I realized. And he looked at me and he says, well, I don't understand why it was so hard. And I'm thinking, yeah, it was hard. You're bigger than me. That's why it was hard. <laughs> and he he looks at me and says, "Go ahead, I'll let you share." Uh, the uh, well, did you use the self-propelled? <laughs> did you use the self-propelled? And I'm like, oh, what is that? What's that? <laughs> uh, well, guys, you know, you pull the bar down and it propels itself. You know, you just walk behind it. You know, the newfound gadgets. We don't do it the hard way anymore where you don't have to do that, you know? So anyway. So yes, I did not use the self-propelled on the mower and I pushed that thing up through this whole big giant yard up the hills and uh, yeah. And it really made me appreciate you so much more that you're willing to to sweat, really sweat. Um, and you probably got a great workout that day. I probably did get a great workout. I had three little kids. I didn't need a workout. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But I, I do appreciate you doing it. Well, you know, it's something that we can learn from this is that um, learn from things. Like, do you think I ever forgot about that self-propeller after that? Nope. No way, Jose. It's like, I'm going to like make sure I use that self-propeller. Um, and so when we learn from the challenges in life or the things that go wrong or or whatever, you know, life is better. Absolutely. It's just simply better. So um, now I don't remember like where I was or you was or what. Well, I think I just finished that one. So it's your. Right okay. There. So another thing that's really important and really feeds my soul is compassion. And so often in different personality styles, some people are so compassionate and other people have no compassion. Now, I kind of think about this. People with no compassion. I'm sorry, but they're a little selfish. Yeah. Why do I say that? Because they are only thinking about themselves. They're only thinking from their perspective, you know, what's it mean to them? What's in it for me? And they're not being thoughtful. I mean, that's probably one of the most irritating things of all. And I was talking to a young woman and she was talking about that. And I'm like, that's really hard. That's so hard when somebody doesn't have compassion and empathy. Yes. You know, like they're sick and the whole world stops. But if you're sick, what's the matter with you? Get up and get it done, right? But so I appreciate you through all the years in the way of you always have compassion. You're always thoughtful. You're always kind. But, you know, um, everybody doesn't get that. But these are your like your superpowers. They are your things that make you great and who you are. And everybody has some kind of superpowers. They yes. have something that's great and that they're super good at. And everybody has those things they're bad at or those things they're unaware of, those things they're not even thinking about uh, that is affecting their spouse. They're just not thinking about them. True. Um, so everybody has that. But being compassionate and having empathy and thoughtfulness and and let's face it, as women, we're very emotional. We have the ups and downs each each and every day. Uh, and and I know that can probably be hard to deal with sometimes, right? Um, 
I didn't think I'm going to answer that question. <laughs> I was just thinking, <laughs> I don't know if I want to answer this or not. But, you know, um, having compassion and empathy and just being kind and thoughtful, um, it really does make a big difference. And it's made a big difference for us. And sure. in the beginning, I probably didn't know to appreciate so many of your good qualities, honey. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, my love, for that. You know, and that lead, go one of my um, motivators is goes right along with that is the choices that we make. Are we making those choices for us as a couple or are we making those choices for me? It's just me. I'm only worried about me. No, it should never be that. It should always be what's best for us. In other words, I would love to go buy Georgia football tickets. Oh, yeah, you would. Uh, absolutely. But I would never, first of all, I'd never spend that kind of money without talking to you, okay? But the the whole idea there is football doesn't interest you at all. You don't, I mean, this is no offense, honey. You don't care about football. But Everything that we do in our marriages, in our relationships, should always be, think about the other person, and this needs to be a win-win solution. Everything that we do in our marriage should always be striving to do win-win. There's times that you're, you're not going to agree on something, but you can either not do what you're going to do because you want to make sure that what you're doing is best for both of you, or you can go through and... Uh, have that turmoil, that strife that comes from, I'm going to win whether she does or not. So uh, I think that the 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 adage or the old saying is win, 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 is it if I win and she wins, then in our relationship, we win. So that That's really true. And that goes along with that compassion and empathy, understanding the other person and working with that person because you love them and you care for them. So anyway. Well, I'd have to take that, uh, you know, when you're talking about creating a win-win and we think about money uh -huh. and we think about energy and we think about all the things that go into our marriage, um, it's kind of like taking turns. Yeah. Like, I mean, how much are Georgia tickets? Ooh, they're expensive now. Like 600 The uh, It would be more like about $3,000. $3,000. Oh my gosh. What makes me think about, <laughs> that makes me think about when we first got married and, you know, we, we bring in our different perspectives and my dad always told me, he said, the first thing you invest in is a house. <laughs> and so, you know, we got an apartment, but I was always thinking about, you know, we would be buying a house because I was ingrained in my mind. And, um, Jeff loves music. He plays the piano. And guess what? His first thing that he would tell. And this is the when we were younger. All right. <laughs> this is probably before we were married. He goes, wow. We know what the first thing I want to do when we get married is I want to buy a baby grand piano. And of course I was like, Oh, mm, that does not go. We have to have a house. So that's really an example of, you know, maturity and, uh, growing as the years go on and understanding more and moving forward. We sure don't want to be the same person at 18. You know, we don't want to be the same person at 50 or 60 or that we were at 18 years old, because, you know, if you, if you're not learning, if you're not growing, let's picture a tree. If you're not growing, you're dying. And if your marriage is not growing, Ooh, that's so true. strengthening that muscle, you know, growing some new leaves and some new branches on that tree, then it's withering. 
And if it's withering, it it's going to die. It's just there's and that's why we have a 50 percent divorce rate. And I'm sorry to talk about that on Valentine's Month, but it's like if it's withering, it's going to die. And it's just important to keep nurturing, keep feeding and keep, you know, moving forward on that. So. All right. Did you have something? Um, you know, to go along with that is the companionship. You know, when you love somebody, you want to spend as much time as you can with them. You want to grow that relationship and that companionship that you have with your spouse. Listen, you're not building just, um, I'm sorry, I'm starting to preach. Sorry. The, um, <laughs> but you're not building something for today. You're building something for a lifetime. It's a lifelong journey that you're on with this wonderful person that you love so much. That companionship, you know, the beauty of companionship is that whenever you go through and you have that perfect love, that person that God has given you that you love so much that you know that they're there. It's kind of like we were talking about a while ago. I know that when I was going through things and doing things, Connie always had my back. Mm -hmm. because she's there. I knew I could always count on her. I could always depend on her. And I knew that my kids were taken care of at home. I knew that things were happening at home and she was holding the fort down when I was gone. So having that companionship and, and nurturing that companionship, growing it deeper and deeper is so vitally important in your marriage relationship. So love your spouse guys, by the way, this is Valentine's month. Don't forget it. Okay. Love your spouse companionship, grow that companionship because she's the most important thing or girls, he's the most important thing that God gave to you in your lifetime. Your kids are wonderful, but they're second in comparison to your spouse. And they won't be with you forever either. That's exactly right. They won't be with you forever. How many couples have you heard say, well, the kids left and we don't know what to do with each other. We don't have anything in common anymore. Right. Exactly. Right. So well, you know, I, I just had that thought about, you know, there's a lot of spouses out there that are listening and they're like, well, you know, Jeff, Connie, we don't have what you have. Like, yeah, you're both being thoughtful. You're you're both on the growth plan. You're both um, working at your marriage. Sometimes there's only one person working at the marriage. And I say that whenever there's one person and one person is not Typically, the person who is looking for help or looking for ways to have a better marriage mm -hmm. is um, they are the person who is reaching out and possibly, just possibly, the other person is not even in tune, not paying attention. They're one of those selfish people only thinking about themselves and they're not thinking about their spouse. And that causes a lot of conflict, you know? So I'm thinking, you know, maybe as we finish up today on this, like, what do we do about that? I know that's different than we talked about on the first time we recorded this, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, those spouses are out there and you know, they need encouragement. I think for me, I think, um, finding uh, that person to talk to or getting counseling um, or reading books about keeping a positive attitude and a positive mind. One thing that I uh, told a person that I loved very, very much um, at one point, this person, they were very downhearted and uh, gosh, just really at the end of their rope. And they'd been going through a lot of stuff for quite a long time. 
and there was ups and there was downs, but ultimately this person was down at this point and they're thinking, gosh, I just don't think I can go on. I'm, I'm, I'm exhausted. And the fiery darts keep coming at me and what am I supposed to do? Mm. And what I had to say to this person was, you know, sometimes whenever we are living with someone who's not all we want them to be, they're not the person we think that we married. They're not the person that's showing us love. They don't have our back. They're not helpful. And they are into themselves and they are dealing with whatever else is in their head. What, what are we, what are we supposed to do? And I said to this person, I said, oh my gosh, well, I hate to tell you this, but sometimes whenever somebody's not being the way we need them to be and the marriage has become really hard and maybe you had a great attitude and you're supportive and you're the one who's holding the marriage together and you seem like you feel like you're doing everything mm -hmm. and you're tired. You're just getting tired. Here's what happens. Even though you had a great attitude to start with, and even though you are holding things together and you are the one, what happens is at some point you start to be reactive instead of proactive, you know, through all the hardships, you're proactive, you're working to keep that marriage together. You're reaching, you're reaching, you're trying, you're trying, and then you're tired and your hands have been up and now they're down and you're like, I got nothing else to give. Well, what happens is we start to be reactive and we're expecting the worst. When that spouse walks in the door, we're, we're expecting problems. Um, we're wondering what mood they're in, how they're going to be uh, acting and it's like we start bringing a negative vibe or a bad attitude. I don't, I don't want to tell you you have a bad attitude, but we start actually having a bad attitude. We have to self-examine. And here's what I told that person. I said, I can't believe I'm telling you this, but go home and every day do something special for your spouse. Mm -hmm. And when you hear that, you're like, that's all I ever do is something special for my spouse. But guess what? Go home and do something special for your spouse and expect nothing in return. Yeah. Nothing in return. Because, yeah, you are. You're expecting something. You're expecting the, them to be more loving or to listen to you talk about your day. You're expecting something. But you do something for your spouse and you expect Nothing. And this is probably one of the hardest things to share with people when you are having trouble. Absolutely. It's not a 50 50. It's a hundred. It's a hundred percent. Right. So you're giving a hundred percent and you're expecting nothing and set a goal. You might have to mark it down on a paper and you do that for 30 days. Yes. 30 days. And for 30 days, you do something nice for your spouse. And this is the key. Don't expect anything in return. Don't expect them to act nicely. Don't expect anything in return and do it for 30 days. If you do that, you are more likely to see a difference 
because you start bringing a more positive attitude because now you're not reacting to what they do. You're thinking about what you're going to do and how you're going to act. And you're like, it's kind of like when the, remember the thing where you like got the hand up, talk to the hand. It's like, you can't put your hand up. That might cause trouble. But in your mind, you're thinking, okay, I got my hand up. Okay. I'm looking at you and you could talk to my hand and you're not going to affect me today. And 30 days doing something for them, expecting nothing in return. And I would love to hear from you, you know, exactly how that went. Um, because typically it changes it changes things. It changes the dynamics. It's crazy. It sounds so very simple. So, oh, let's bring this back up because that got really serious, didn't it? Yeah, love can be hard. Love can be hard, but we have to keep our own cup full. We have to, you know, um, hang around good, positive people. Absolutely. You know, you got anything to add there, hon? Um you know, one of the things that goes along with that in, in our lives is in the Bible, uh, full of wonderful advice, Galatians chapter 3, verses 22 and 23 is the fruit of the Spirit. And I know you've got that on the wall here. The I fruit love of the Spirit that. is love, joy, peace, kindness, thoughtfulness. It's all the things that you want in a marriage. And in that 30-day challenge you just gave them, I promise you, if you'll take that scripture and you'll build those seven, eight things that are in that scripture into your everyday life as you care for your spouse, not expecting anything in return, it'll make a total difference. It really will. All right. So we do need you to subscribe or review or follow or share us here on The Extraordinary Marriage so that we can reach out to many, many people. And if you have something that you would like to uh, talk to me about, you can find um, you can find several places on my podcast page, theextraordinarymarriage.com slash podcast. You can find them on my podcast page and you can connect with me and I'll, I'll spend 40 minutes with you listening and see if I can help you in any way. Also, there is a recipe for a happy, healthy marriage. You know what? Isn't that something that everyone wants? And when we don't have it, what are we missing? What do we not know? And sometimes we think, you know what? I can Google anything I want on the internet. Well, you're going to get all kinds of different advice. Right. But in a recipe for a happy, healthy marriage, it gives you seven ways to connect better with your spouse. And I hoped all these things helped you today, but you can find that at The Extraordinary Marriage. All right. So I guess we're done today. As, uh, I think we have spent like three hours working on this today. Well, aren't you glad you didn't have to sit for three hours? Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Happy Valentine's Day. If you've been encouraged today, please hit subscribe and help me spread the word by sharing with your friends. You'll find show notes and how you can connect with today's guest at theextraordinarymarriage.com. Get ready to uncover the best kept secrets of happy, healthy marriages and gain the power of understanding how you and your spouse think, act, and respond differently. Learn more about the unique communication secrets for marriage at theextraordinarymarriage.com. This is your host, Connie Durham, and I'll see you next week.